Greetings, people of my God. Welcome, everybody, to worship here on this, the second Sunday in the season of Lent. Got a number of announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Uh, Lenten midweek worship continues on Wednesday mornings and evenings. That's 11 a.m. for the morning service, 6.30 p.m. for the evening service. Uh, please join us also for supper prior to the evening worship service. That supper is served at 5 p.m. Trivia night is less than a week away, Saturday, March 2nd. There's still room and there's still time for you to sign up to play. Information about Trivia Night can be found in your weekly or at the Welcome Center. All proceeds from Trivia Night support Chapel Youth this year. So please join us for a, for a fun evening, Saturday, March 2nd. Please know that you are invited to come back later this morning to attend a special music-filled worship service at the 11 a.m. service time. It is a service of praise and song to Jesus in celebration of Black History Month. You will want to make sure to come back for that special service. Very different from this service here. Uh, so that's today at 11 a.m. After that service, we will hold an informational meeting for the 2024 LAMP mission trip to northern Canada. If you would like some information about that mission trip, please attend. If you're not able to attend that meeting, but you're still interested in the trip, please let me know or let Mike or Ellen Kay know uh, so we can give you the information that you need. More information about that LAMP mission trip is in your chapel weekly. The Walking Together in the Word devotion for the month of March, that's printed now and it's available for you at the Welcome Center. It's got a purple colored cover. Please pick up your copy before you leave today to use in your daily devotions uh, this upcoming month. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who, everybody who filled out that congregation survey during the month of January. Leadership is working through all the information that was provided and we will be reporting back soon regarding those findings in that, in that survey. So thank you very much for your help with that. Our elder for this weekend is Gene Widener. Gene is standing up near the back there. He's going to greet you as you leave worship today. Get to know Gene as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. 
God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn together.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Father, for the joy set before him, your Son Jesus endured the suffering of the cross. In our suffering, O Lord, strengthen our faith that we may know your companionship in our darkest hours. Through your Son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the reading.
The Old Testament reading is from the 17th chapter of Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her, na Sarah, her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. This is the word of the Lord. We speak parts of Psalm 22 responsively. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you will I fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. The epistle is from the fifth chapter of Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Though through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also worship, re rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, 
Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For it, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, 
Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing the sermon hymn, 688.
Christ. Amen. Life can change in an instant. I think all of us have experienced that in our lives, maybe in small ways, perhaps in big ways, maybe in good ways, sometimes in bad ways. There, there are dates that remind us how life can change in an instant. December 7th, 1941. You didn't have to be alive then to know that life changed in an instant on that day. That day, as FDR said, would live in infamy when the United States was attacked by Japan at Pearl Harbor. September 11th, 2001. When you hear that date, perhaps you get pictures in your mind, as I do, of planes flying into buildings and buildings collapsing and war being waged. It's a day that we still feel the effects of, even today, almost a quarter century later. It's a day when life changed in an instant. October 7th, 2023. Remember that day? It's a day when life changed in an instant for many. Hamas militants launched a surprise evil attack on southern Israel, murdering over a thousand people, taking hundreds hostage starting a war that continues to this day, still over 100 hostages being held, thousands killed in that war. And there are other dates, dates perhaps only known to you, dates when life changed in an instant. A layoff, a diagnosis, the loss of a loved one, a divorce, a bankruptcy, a flood, a fire, a tornado. I mean, life can change in an instant. And when that happens, the question for us is, to what will you cling? To whom will you go? When the world around us changes very quickly, very dramatically, when a sickness hits or a death comes or a disaster strikes, the question is, to what will you cling? To whom will you go? The disciples had an answer to that question, actually, in our text for today. In fact, it was Peter who spoke up. Of course, it was Peter who spoke up. Confessing Jesus as the Christ, confessing Jesus as that one to whom you would cling, that one to whom we should go. And it was significant on many different levels, but it was especially significant that this confession took place in a city called Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi wasn't always known as Caesarea Philippi. Back in Old Testament days, it was called Baal Hermon because it was located at the base of Mount Hermon, which is the largest mountain in all of Israel. And you might recognize the name of that false god in that name, Baal. It's the god of the Canaanites, the god of fertility, the god they thought would help them with their crops. That was the most important thing to the people living in, in the land of Canaan at that time. But long after the Canaanites had ruled that area, the Greeks came in and they took over. And when they took over, they didn't call it Baal Hermon anymore because they didn't believe in the god Baal. They called it Panion after the Greek god Pan, the god of nature and the god of shepherding, the god of flocks. Well, the Greeks, they wouldn't last forever. They would be taken over by the Romans. And the Romans, they wouldn't call it Panion anymore. They didn't believe in Pan. Philip was the person who ruled that area and as a Roman, he owed allegiance to the ruler of the empire, the ruler who was revered and even worshipped. 
Caesar. So the city was called Caesarea Philippi. So it's very significant that in the midst of these other gods, Baal, Pan, Caesar, your, your crops, your flocks, your government and war, Peter says, you, Jesus, are the Christ. All these other gods, they're not gods at all. You, Jesus, are the, are the Christ. You, Jesus, are God. You are the one to whom we will cling. You are the one to whom we will go. And you hear that and you got to say, way to go, Peter. <laughs> what a confession, right? But things can change in an instant. The very next verse in the passage, Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. Mark says that he spoke plainly about this. Actually, here in this first passion prediction, Jesus says, I must suffer and I must be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and I must be killed. And Peter takes Jesus aside and he rebukes him. Never, Lord. That will never happen to you. Didn't you hear me? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not supposed to suffer and to die. I'm not going to let that happen. And that's when Jesus unleashes to Peter one of his harshest rebukes that you will hear from him. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Peter did not understand the kind of Christ that Jesus really is. Peter did not understand that Jesus is the kind of Christ that had to suffer many things, had to be rejected, had to be killed for the soul of men. Peter did not understand that Jesus is the crucified Christ, one who dies for the most important thing, your soul. He does so much more than take care of your crops and your flocks and your government. He takes care of your soul. That is the most important thing. So what happens when life changes in an instant? What is our response? Don't, don't we often pull a Peter? You know, Peter pulls Jesus aside and he rebukes him. Tries to set Jesus straight on how Jesus should be God, what he should be doing. Does it sound a little vain to you? But who of us is not guilty of that very same thing? Have not we, in many ways in our lives, on many different occasions, especially when things turn bad, haven't we almost tried to instruct God on how he should be God? In essence, pulling God aside and saying, you know what, this is really how I want things to go here. This is really how you ought to be working here, Lord. This is really what should be going on right now. But when we do that, our focus quickly goes away from the Christ. Quickly goes away from denying ourselves and taking up our cross and just like Peter, our focus goes quickly away from the things of God and goes to the things of men. So often we're very much like Peter. Oh, we're, we're trying hard. We're trying to give the good answers. But in the end, a lot of times our focus is on ourselves and on the world. And we're trying to tell God how he really ought to run things around here. And I tell you, that does not work very well. 
No, what Jesus says is that if you would follow him, we must deny ourselves. What Jesus says, if you should follow him, you must take up your cross. What Jesus says is to lose your own selfish, live for myself life for him and for the gospel. In his latest article for the Lutheran Layman, Lutheran Hour speaker Michael Ziegler tells a story of a job recruiter for Teach for America. Maybe you've heard of that organization. That's an organization that recruits graduates from top universities to serve as teachers in, in low-income communities. And to this auditorium full of students from Duke University, this recruiter said this. She said, looking at you tonight, I don't know why I'm here. You are privileged the beneficiaries of the best of this nation's ed educational resources. I can tell just by looking at you that you are all abound for Wall Street, law school, med school, and here I stand trying to recruit you for a meager salary in some of the worst school situations in America, begging you to waste your life for a bunch of ungrateful kids in the backwoods of Appalachia, Appalachia or the inner city of Philadelphia. I must have been crazy to come here, but I do have some literature up here and I would be willing to talk to anybody who happens to be interested. But I know just by looking at you that all of you want to be a success and here I am inviting you to be failures so you can all leave now. But if by chance somebody here feels called, I'm here to talk to you. The meeting's over. A professor from Duke who witnessed this unflattering speech reported that there followed a stampede to that recruiter. He said hundreds of students dying to give their lives to something more interesting than conventional American success, dying to give themselves to something bigger and more important than themselves. And maybe the recruiter took a page out of Jesus' book. Because what did Jesus say? If anybody wants to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And Jesus said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Today, Jesus makes his unflattering appeal to us and through us Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. And we, we find out as we live our lives for him that this whole world is not as important as the soul. That, that Jesus is someone who does so much more than just care for the things of this life. He is the one who cares for the things of life eternal because he cares for the soul. And so it is to him that we go. It is to him that we cling. It is very clear from Scripture that we will face some difficult times. Life has a way of changing in an instant. But sometimes I think we feel we shouldn't have to. But trying to live a life that is crisis-free, trying to live a life where we will never be wounded or broken, that doesn't even work in fairy tales. Most of you know that by personal experience. 
And the devil would love for us to believe that we can run from every woe, that we can escape from every bad turn in life. And when we start thinking that way, when we start thinking that we should have a life that is totally cross-free, to live a life that is totally cross-less, well, we better say it out loud, Satan, get behind me. Because isn't it true that in those difficult times in our lives, those hard times, those cross-bearing times, God leads us to understand that in our weakness, he is strong. When we hurt, it is so clear that God is there with us, with us, with his love and with his care. When we are bearing a cross for him, God says, I have borne a greater cross for you so you can trust in me and you can lean on me and you can rely on me. St. Paul writes, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I rejoice in my sufferings, Paul says, because I have a hope of an eternal life that's been promised to me. One day, Christ will take the sufferings of this world off of me and I will enjoy his presence in heaven forever because of his death on the cross, because of his resurrection from the grave. And as John writes in Revelation, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, no more crosses to bear because the old order of things is passed away. That's good news. It's good news as life can change in an instant. And we hear the question, to whom will you go? To whom will you cling? Well, we know the answer. In fact, we answer with St. Peter. I will go to Jesus. I will cling to Jesus because he is the Christ. He is God. He is my God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand as together we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Find that on page 8 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We pray for the church, Heavenly Father, strengthen your church with your presence in the gospel as it is proclaimed and in the sacraments as they are shared. 
Work in us that we may trust and proclaim Christ and him crucified. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our nation. Lord God, we pray for President Joe Biden and the Congress of the United States and for all in the authority of government. Grant justice, peace, and harmony in our land that the peace of Christ may be proclaimed and embraced by all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our English district and our synod. Heavenly Father, empower your people to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Bless our district and synod and its ministries, as well as the endeavor to establish new congregations that share that gospel with those who do not yet know the Savior. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the schools and educational institutions of the church, especially for our Concordia universities. Bless all the baptized, both those who teach and those who learn, especially future Lutheran teachers, pastors, DCEs, deaconesses, and other church workers, that all your disciples may grow in faith and in knowledge of you for your glory and the extension of your kingdom to all nations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who bear the burden of sickness, injuring, or suffering of any kind. Especially today, we remember Tangela Bolden and Virgil Hoffman as he has surgery this week. For all the ill, hospitalized, suffering, and hurting, may the cross of Christ bring them peace and comfort. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who mourn and grieve. Merciful Lord, we give you thanks for the saints who have departed this life in faith and now rest from their labors. We also pray for those who mourn. Today, we especially remember the family and loved ones of Jim Webb, who died in the Lord this past Friday. May your comfort, your peace, and your promises give his family the strength to meet the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for families who continue to keep in blessed memory those loved ones who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Today, we especially remember the family of Mal James as they remember him on his earthly birthday this week and as they give thanks that he rests in the arms of the Savior. Lord God, continue to give your gifts of comfort, peace, and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who celebrate God's special gifts of grace. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you along with Tim and Pam Taylor and Donna Stewart upon the birth of their grandson and great-grandson, born this past week. We praise you, Lord, for your wonderful gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
You may be seated. We will continue our worship by bringing forward our offering. Please stand for the offertory. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith 
guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And Lord, as you have taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.